You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam and Steve here to recap another week of Yankees baseball. Sam, we are entering the final stretch of the season, and the Yankees are in the thick of it. How are you feeling, bud? Doing well, Steve. This is quite unlike a race I've ever seen in recent memory. You have three teams, the American League East, all three at least 18 games over 500, and one of them is going to miss the playoffs. It's just crazy right now. And the last time we left you was after the second game of the Orioles series. The Yanks lose a brutal one that Thursday, that five o'clock game, and then return home. At what really needed to be a five and one homestand, in my view. The Yankees get four and two on the homestand, and they are in playoff position. They're tied with the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have one game in hand. It's going to be a photo finish, and I absolutely can't wait for it. Now, The big boy stuff starts. Three at Boston, three at Toronto, three against the Rays. It's time to buckle up. These next nine games are playoff games for the Yankees. Absolutely. Every game is a playoff game. Michael Kay kind of ended the broadcast tonight saying, the Yankees win every game. They will host a wild card playoff game. That's the fact. That's all the Yankees need to think about is even though it may be unrealistic, (laughs) given looking at that schedule, the Yankees need to just take care of business themselves. They don't have to worry about any other team out there. If the Yankees win every single game, they will be the AL wildcard home team. Um, But as you said, the schedule coming up is brutal, and we know, Sam, that's that's not happening. But the Yankees, like you said, lost two of three to the Indians, uh, lost two games that were were blowouts too. That that absolutely can't happen. Lifeless for, for 48 hours there. Came back and bounced back, taking the sweep uh, of the Rangers. So, lot, lots to get into it uh, to, tonight. Uh, as you said, the, the AL beast is, is something else. It is just the the, the Rays. Who I had tip to you, Sam, from the get go. You you said you're nervous about the Rays in our first episode. This is episode 20 of the season. You said you could never count out the Rays, and there they are sitting at the top of the division, 94 and. 59, the third best record in baseball, best record in uh, the American League. Every year they just continue to, to, to do it. I don't know why we, we keep doubting them. Um, and then you said pretty much a, you know, a tie right now with the Blue Jays and two back um, of, the, of the Red Sox who the Yankees now head to go face. It, it is a crazy stretch. We're going to have a 90-win team. We're going to have four, four teams to win 90 games in the AL East essentially, uh, unless one of these teams absolutely flops the next 10 days. Uh, and one of them is going to miss the playoffs. Um, I believe this will be the seventh 90-win team to miss the playoffs in the wild card error. It, it doesn't happen rare. It, it doesn't happen that often. If you win 90 games, you expect to at least get a wild card spot, especially now with, with two wild card uh, teams. It's going to be a very disappointing end for one team. Um, and we, we got to hope it's not the Yankees because, Sam, as we said right before we jumped on, We've never not had a playoff team since we started this podcast, and we're not ready to start that now. Absolutely not. We started in 2017, and just looking back at those years, we really thought 2017 was going to be a rebuilding year. The Yankees had sold at the previous deadline, but perhaps that might have been the best team they have ever had. I think, win, yeah, win-wise, the 2018 and 2019 teams had more but 2017 was that was their quite title a year. fun year. That was their title year. We, uh, we we look back at you know at the time we're like this is just the beginning, but but as things go, it is this has become the uh, that was the the title year for for the Yankees to, to go out and grab it. And now they're they're, they're punching at straws here just to make the playoffs uh, in 2021. But but lots to talk about here. Lots of considerations and moves that Aaron Boone made the past few games here. Uh, I want to start it off. With, uh, with the catching. Uh, Kyle Higashioka had a, had a very big game as the Yankees um, took the win from Texas on Wednesday night, but it was the, the catching change from Aaron Boone that I, may have played the biggest factor in this game, going to Gary Sanchez um, for the final few innings because they pinch ran for Hig- Higgy and, and for Tyler, with Tyler Wade, and then Gary Sanchez comes in and, and with a cannon arm 
catches a runner going going trying to steal, and they were stealing on Higgy all day, uh, and then hits a nice big extra insurance home run there. Uh, pr- pretty, you know, Aaron Boone got shit for the lineup to going into the game, and he should have, uh, but then made some really smart moves uh, the rest of the way to to get the Yankees to win. Yeah, and the Yankees catching situation like a lot of things, and we're not ready to end the 2021 season here, but going into the offseason, no matter what happens, the conversation around the shortstop position and catching position and even center field is going to be a big topic of conversation. And look, right now with the catching position, Steve and I have been staunch Gary Sanchez defenders for quite some time, but... In the last week, again, we've had some boneheaded plays defensively. Awesome games. It just can't happen. But he showed what he can do for you tonight. He comes in, guys, that cannon of an arm behind the plate, and then smokes a two-run home run uh, to give the Yankees a couple of insurance run late. He has – he's one of those players that sometimes the talk of the loss or the talk of the win. And a lot of people just can't deal with that. But there's quite a few players like that in baseball. You think about Javi Baez with the Mets. You even think about about Giancarlo Stanton. I've mentioned that about him a few times. How he looks – there's times where he looks lost at the plate and other times where you can't get the guy out and he's launching 450-foot homers left and right. But Sanchez coming in and then providing those extra two insurance runs and a great defensive play was really, really big. And what they do with the catching down the stretch is going to be something to keep an eye on. Gary Sanchez got some experience with Cole this year. He caught Cole against uh, the Cleveland Indians on Sunday. He caught him against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, So Friday, Garrett Cole's going against the Red Sox to open the series. What's what's the situation going to be like there, you wonder? It's likely going to be Higgy behind the plate. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a really interesting topic to, to get into in the final nine games here, too, because now it kind of looks like Kluber's had Higgy as his personal catch the past few starts, um, and he, he caught him during the, 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 the no-hitter, um, and he has much better numbers with Higashioka behind the plate here. So kind of, you know, like we said, we saw that what Gary can do positively today in only a few innings, but we have seen the negative side of that, too. It's going to be interesting to see maybe the Yankees kind of play it like they did today. You know, if Garrett Cole's pitching a, a big game here, I, I think it's going to be Higashioka behind the plate. And then what happens if it's Kluber that comes up next in, the, in line in a huge game, which obviously that's how it, it's looking. Then you go Higgy back-to-back or, you know, Montgomery's got better numbers with Higgy behind the plate too. This next little stretch here is going to be very interesting to see what the Yankees do at the catching spot. Do they go with the the three-headed monster outfield and maybe have Sanchez be a DH for a game? Because um, you know you you can't lose you can't lose a playoff spot here on, on a wild pitch or a pass ball. That that would be I mean that's if you if you're looking for how the Yankees are going to miss the playoffs, that's probably got to be one of the top vote getters right there. So it, it seemed like Higgy was getting a little more time the past week, um, but I'm I'm very interested to see what happens the next the next three or four games here with with who's behind the plate. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to pay attention to. And you mentioned the Yankees missing the playoffs on a wild pitch or pass ball. Couldn't you also see the vice versa of them making the playoffs on a wild pitch? Because the wild pitch has been our friend yeah, it, so many times this year. It was our, it was our great friend return tonight as well. Uh, to make it 3-3, we got our old friend, the wild pitch, scoring Aaron Judge. But the catcher situation is going to be very interesting. It was even during last year's, quote, postseason, uh, if you may. I mean, Kyle Higashioka caught Garrett Cole during the postseason. But yeah. now we have Higashioka, like you said. Kluber has better numbers with him. Montgomery has better numbers with him. So what are we going to do? And you also mentioned the other side of things how the Rangers are running left and right on Higashioka. Teams Easily. run on him. Easily. And that doesn't happen with Sanchez. But like you said, not a lot of people can even fathom the thought of the Yankees not making it on a wild pitcher pass ball. <laughs> I mean, I'm not yeah. going to lie. It keeps me up at night. It, it, would, be, night. it would be an automatic that, that Gary Sanchez played his final game in pinstripes if that happens type situation here. I think the Yankees still are a pretty – now, I wouldn't say high on Gary, but 
I, I think he's still right now is in the plans for them for the for the future here. Uh, if you want to talk, you know, two seconds moving on, you know, uh, uh, Jim Bowden of the Athletic wrote that he thinks that, that this is it for Gary no matter what. He thinks what I've said all, all year long is that, that Boone and Cashman are going nowhere, but he would like to see them move on from Gary Sanchez. Um, so it would be it would be a somber end to Gary's career if if that that if his Yankee career at least um, because we, we've seen what he could do with the bat. I mean, he's got 23 home runs on this year. He, he's missed some time. And he kind of got benched in the beginning of that year, but he's essentially proven what what we've seen is, if he gets if he's an everyday catcher, he hits thirty home runs, and that's not that's not too um, common here in baseball. Yeah, Salvador Perez is breaking all records left and right, but you got a catcher that hits thirty home runs in baseball. That's a huge advantage compared to most uh, most other teams in the league. Uh, but that comes with the, the give and take of, of him on a on a defensive side of things. Um, so it'd be well, uh, you know, a big week for big week for everybody. Um, obviously, in the Yankee organization here, but but Gary Sanchez has got to be top on that list here because I don't think this is how he missing the playoffs is not how Gary wants to end a, a once very promising career. Absolutely not. And when you look at the DH situation, the Yankees are struggling to get Luke Voigt at bats when they have Rizzo at first base. Aaron Judge has been the DH a couple of times in the last week. So Gary Sanchez is not getting any DH at-bats. It's going to be out of the lineup or he's going to be catching. So that's something to keep an eye on. And going elsewhere in the infield, Glaber Torres has been moved off of shortstop for the what seems forever. like the remainder of the season forever. Uh, and Gio Urshela is out there. It's a huge week for Glaber Torres coming up. Like like I said before, these nine games are playoff games for the Yankees. Uh, you add Glaber Torres to that Sanchez list. It's yep. no secret that there's many shortstops that are free agents out there this offseason. You have Trevor Story, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Javier Baez. You have a Trevor. lot of shortstops. And, yeah, you signed DJ LeMahieu, six years, $90 million to play second base. And now you have Torres there right now when you thought he was going to be your shortstop of the future. So big, big week for Glaber Torres, too, going forward when Huge. we're talking about guys who are going to be in the spotlight. And he redeems himself tonight after an awful four-pitch strikeout. He hits that go-ahead double down the right field line that scores Joey Gallo. So when we're talking about guys who we're watching in the next week, Glaber Torres... Gary Sanchez in terms of their roles next year. And then to go a little bit off topic, I throw Garrett Cole in there to see if he can bounce back on Friday against the Red Sox after a rough start against the Indians. Yeah, for sure. We'll get to Cole in a second here, but I, I wanted to stick with the, the the lineup of someone that we're watching. And, and for me, it's DJ LeMayu. You know, it's stick with the, stay with the infields here. It's just someone else that had to move out of position um, because of this Gary Sanchez decision. Uh, he hasn't looked good, Sam. He hasn't looked too good at all. I think he had some pretty bad at-bats today. Had a chance to uh, to get the Yankees to lead several times with, with a sack fly. He looked horrible on that strikeout after Tyler Wade stole two bases. Um, and then the play where Hickey got thrown out at the plate, it was, you know, a, a, a fly ball that was 10 feet too short that, that you know, got, got Hickey, Hickey thrown out there. So, uh, you know, for, for the Yankees already locked into him, so forget about – Guys like like Gary and Glaber that might be playing for their pinstripe future. DJ's here, um, and he hasn't really done what we needed him to do. Um, you know, the Yankees didn't sign a two sixty hitter. Um, you know, they, they signed someone that won the batting title, and they signed someone that comes in with the cl- the clutch hits. You know, throughout the game, and it really hasn't been that case for him. And, and he's batting leadoff, and it doesn't look like that's changing for the next nine games here. So he's going to be our leadoff hitter. Uh, as the Yankees push for a playoff spot here, and if there if there's ever a time for the DJ of old to show up, it, it's right now. Yeah, he's got a 7-4-0 OPS in the month of September, or excuse me, since August 31st. Uh, it's just not been pretty for LeMahieu. Um, it's just he's not hitting for power. We thought, like you oh, said, his slugging's been cut in half basically this year. It's. He's hitting 307 since August 31st. But like I said, that OPS is like 740. I mean, he's just not hitting for power. I mean, 300 is great, but when you're just hitting singles as a leadoff hitter, it does not do much. So 
Yeah, being a 300 hitter is great, but this is the day and age in baseball. You got to elevate the ball. You have to make things happen for your team. And quite frankly, DJ LeMahieu has been nothing even close to what he was in 2019 and 2020. I think we all realistically expected a maybe a small regression, but this is a drastic regression in in the power and slugging and on base department. I mean, only 36 percent of his hits since that time are for extra bases since August 31st. And Sam, that's that's it's two hits. It's, he's had one double and one home run in the month of September. It's tough, tough to watch. I mean, he's not elevating the ball. He hits into a lot of double plays, just yeah, like yeah. a lot of the Yankees do. Yeah, he's having trouble elevating the baseball. I, I don't This know isn't what... just a little like concern I had going into the year where it was the, the ball changing a little bit. It's going to steal a few home runs away from him. This, this is completely different. This isn't an issue with the, the MLB baseball itself. He, he's just kind of taking a big step back, and that's a concern when you sign someone to a six-year contract. Um, and that's just the offensive side of things. On the defensive side of things, look, he, he, they said he had a, he's been nursing a little injury for a while, um, but now he's a full-time third baseman and needs to let loose on that arm. Um, there was a pop-up today that, that was ended up being an RBI, but he looked completely lost. He looked lost so lost. On that one. I mean, look, it's a tough play. I'm not going to you know bash him just for that. But it's, you know, you, because you have to move Glaber, you now got three guys on the infield playing out of position. Um, and that's just, you know, when, it, when a team struggles defensively in general with, with the guys playing in position, it, it's tough to, uh, to kind of justify it all. And then to make matters worse is when you have those three guys playing out of position, you squeeze Luke Voigt into the lineup like you did today, and every mistake matters so much more. But there was, a, what, at least three plays Anthony Rizzo makes that, that, that Voigt didn't make tonight? So, I mean, for me, uh, Luke Voigt's a permanent bench player for these nine games. Absolutely, because we talk about Gary Sanchez's defensive gaffes. What if Luke Voigt has another moment over the weekend when he throws a ball at the runner trying to turn a 3-6-3 double play? I mean, you just can't have that. You really just can't have that. So, in games when it's not the big outfield, I hate to say it, the Yankees can't have a designated hitter playing at first base. It costs them oh, multiple times. If you have the times. big outfield, there's, there's no reason ever that, that Voigt should be in the field. Yeah, oh, no. What I was saying is Voigt likely doesn't see the lineup unless it's a big outfield in these next nine games. Oh, I yeah, think it's going to yeah. be Anthony Rizzo at first base. And, for... and, but to go more on that is does, does he see the lineup again? Because hand up, Brett Gardner's playing pretty good. I tweeted out some some stats earlier that Voigt's got the home runs, but but Gardner's been getting on base. He's been doing been doing kind of you know what Brett Gardner things. Uh, he didn't have the best week of all time, but yeah, I think it's going to be a good mix. If there's a lefty on the mound, yeah, uh, look, if there's a lefty on the mound, you go big outfield and Voigt at DH. But you know, I'm not putting out there if there's a righty on the mound, I'm resting one of the big guys at the DH spot and putting Gardner in center field. Absolutely, and he's a platoon that's... player at best now. That's definitely a really, really good point because Gardner's – he's been a contributing player as hard as it is to admit for some because he had such a brutal uh, – I, I have a hard time admitting it. <laughs> brutal first half of the season. And now he, he's getting on base. He's sitting for a little bit of power. And he's bringing that veteran presence and, and that catalyst spark to the Yankees wherever he hits in the order. He can hit leadoff. He can hit ninth. He hit leadoff last week a couple times when LeMahieu moved down to the fifth spot, which I kind of liked. So he's not looking like the gardener of old with all of his power, but he's looked very, very serviceable. And for being in his upper 30s, he's still playing some really good defense out in center field. I mean, patrolling that center he's field. He's got a noodle Yankee arm, Stadium, but there's nothing no we can do about that. He's got, got, he's got a – Sam, I would trust you making a throw, I think, over Brett Gardner right now in, this, in his career. Oh, no, I'd airmail it 70 feet over the catcher. <laughs> I'd rather airmail it. He's basically pulling the sandlot here and walking it back to the, the pitcher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he used to have a very good left fielder's arm. Very good well, arm at a left he's, field. Uh, he's but. 38, so I won't bash Brett too much here, but I expect him in the lineup. Uh, and these in these games here, I expect that, that him in the lineup here, and then you, you save Voight for uh, you know a power pitch hitter if you need, but I don't know who he's going to pitch hit for, to be honest, in, in this lineup. Um, but well, uh, it's going to be you know something that that we that it's going to be the lineup is going to be discussed as it has been all freaking year, uh, and that's not changing the, these these final nine games here. 
Uh, you mentioned Garrett Cole earlier, so let's, let's swing back to him. Garrett, you, you get paid the biggest bucks in the world. You need seven innings, one run, every single time you touch the mound the rest of the year. That, that ended discussion. What do you think of the fans booing him on Sunday? It was a huge game. It was a huge game. That It was, it was a huge winnable game in, in theory. Um, and, you know, uh, you, yeah, you, you boo him if you have to boo him. Like, I don't, you don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not here. I don't boo. I, I mean, I, just, I think fight, booing is just kind of funny in general. If you go to a game and you're just legitimately yelling boo at somebody, <laughs> but, I booed at the Giants home opener. I will. All right. Well, that. football. You know, fuck the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look. You, I don't. I don't care if you want to boo your your home team. You can boo your home team. Um, but I hope I don't see that ever again. From from, uh, you know, Cole doesn't pitch that he deserves a boo again because that was not. Not a good game there at all from him, um, and he's had a good stretch. Um, if he, he's still fighting for a Cy Young, it's time to prove that money and get that award and get this team to the playoffs. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that's going to come out there and it's lined up that he's going to pitch three more times and he can pitch on short rest if needed. I expect to see a lot of Garrett Cole um, for the Yankees the final nine games. I do too, and he's scheduled to make two starts. I guarantee he's making three. I think there's no chance he's not making a third start. Uh, unless the Yankees, you know, uh, are eliminated. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what he does. And to start this nine-game stretch, who better to have on the mound than Garrett Cole? Yeah, He's going to be going up against the Red Sox. However, it's in a park where he's struggled in. He's struggled in both of his Fenway starts this year, which I'm a little bit concerned about. The Yankees are seeing Nathan Avaldi, who has seemingly owned them since he went to the Red Sox in that 2018 trade deadline deal from the Rays. But the Yankees have their work cut out for him. It's three against the Red Sox, three at the Blue Jays, and then three at home against the Rays. And the Red and Sox and Blue Jays really are playing really matchup. well. That's a really good matchup. Like you mentioned Evaldi and everything, but like. To me, of all these, one of the guys that hasn't gotten really any Cy Young contention here, uh, as kind of the odds are, are flipping all around, uh, left and right. You know, Robbie Ray is that is the favorite going into this stretch here, followed by Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn, and, and of all these, all the way down on that list here. But he's put together a good season, um, and, and this is this is a battle of heavyweights to start on Friday. Um, you know, the Yankees take that one. I think the remainder of of the kind of rotation here. Sets up nicely versus Boston, but if you 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 lose that first one with Cole on the mound, uh, it, the, uh, the I think that the nerves kind of kick in, and that could be the end of the Yankees season by by Sunday. This is a mega mega game for for Garrett Cole. Yeah, it's by far the most important and high stakes one of his Yankees career. Forget Game Five in those Mickey Mouse playoffs against the Rays. This is going to be the one where all Everything is on the line here. Everything is on the line. And he really needs to give the Yankees a good start in this nine-game stretch. It includes every team in front of, or every team around them in the division. Unfortunately for them, or maybe even fortunately, there's no more games against the Orioles because the, the Orioles seem to play like a 95-win team against <laughs> the Yankees. But oh, like you said, it is so, so important. And I have to wonder if that hamstring is still bothering him because he had a bit of a rough first inning against the Orioles. Yeah, his command, out. command was a little... His fastball command was off. We talked about it last week. And he only went five innings in that game. And you fast forward to Sunday against the Indians, and he was downright terrible, giving up two-run singles, base runners, ten, ten left hits, and right. I mean... Ten hits for Garrett Cole, excuse me, is is the most he's given up, obviously, all year here. But that, that something's off if Garrett Cole's given up ten hits. I don't care who he's facing. I agree. And, yeah, in this case, it was the Indians. Fran Mill Reyes was a one-man wrecking crew that series. I mean, credit to him. He is an awesome designated hitter. But Garrett Cole roughed up in a big way. That just can't happen on, on Friday. And... We saw it happen in that first start at Fenway when Raphael Devers took him 6,000 feet to right field. <laughs> I think we saw Cole struggle, like I said, against the Red Sox in that one first inning. We saw him struggle in the first inning again in his last two starts since the hamstring injury in the yeah, Orioles no, he's not, game. He's not warming I, up as well. 
Yeah, I know he didn't let up a run against the Orioles in the first inning, but he loaded the bases, and then against the Indians, he gives up two in the first inning. So a big, a good first inning Friday night is what I'm going to be watching for out of Garrett Cole. I think that is vitally important for him and the Yankees. It is, yeah. I think, you know, with the day off on, you know, today for Thursday, you know, the bullpen will be rested, and if Cole can go with a typical Cole, you know, what we paid for game, yeah, bullpen's going to be very well rested for the Saturday Sunday with Montgomery and Cortez. Um, but the Yankees got some more reinforcements in that bullpen. Sam, we saw Luis Severino pitching at Major League Baseball game. It has been a long time since we can say those words. Uh, his fastball wasn't, you know, as electric as it has been, but that should be the case because he hasn't pitched in two years. But overall, his stuff looked pretty good. Um, that is a nice weapon for the Yankees t- to have down this stretch here. You know, if he can get, you know, that one to three inning range here, you know, maybe get Cortez go four innings and Severino two, uh, that's that's a huge plus for, for the Yankees' bullpen. Um, in addition to that, Domingo Herman activated uh, off the IL as well, too. Kind of in that same spot here. You got two guys with strikeout stuff that can just let it go. Um, it is a nice addition that the Yankees have, um, you know, these final games, too. And then the third person, Michael Kings, looked unbelievable. So you now have three guys that weren't here two weeks ago that can go in and kind of steal, not steal, but can kind of dominate two or three innings for the Yankees. It's going to be very interesting to see how Boone uses these three guys. I think Michael King is my biggest surprise, honestly. I mean, earlier in the year when he was up uh, back uh, against the Mets, uh, I remember that game, he threw four really good innings, let up no runs, but – he had some games earlier in the year when he was up. I remember that one Angels game. Uh, he got roughed up against the Royals. Toronto, Minnesota, he couldn't control the ball. I mean, five walk, five walks, or excuse me, two, three walks in all of these games, I, I remember. He had trouble putting guys on. Yeah. And in his last four appearances with the Yankees, he only has one, or excuse me, yes, one walk, and his – Innings total during that time is nine and a third innings. So that's the most with that's 10 what strikeouts. I'm really... With 10 strikeouts, I think eight of them are looking. And it, I don't know what he's doing, but I don't know if he's got to be hiding the ball well, too, because a lot of these looking strikeouts, it seems like the ball is just kind of right there waiting for the hitter to take a swing at it. And they're not even, they're not even considering the pitch. So it, it's very interesting to see how he's got to be a little decept, more deceptive than meets the eye here uh, on these pitches. But like you said, since he's coming back, it was a freak injury. Um, I don't really hasn't been talked about much. I know the broadcast mentioned it a little bit, but he like dropped a weight on on his hand um, and kind of caused some damage there too. But a very freak injury. But in this in September, this guy's been amazing. And if you think about the times that that, that he missed, if this if we had this guy all of July and August, we might not be having this type of conversation. The Yankees fighting uh, for you know on the outside looking in for a playoff spot here. This is a guy that could have come in and really helped the Yankees in, in those. Pivotal games where it seemed like once a week we were blowing it uh, with with the bullpen. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I think that finale against the Astros comes to mind when uh, the Yankees. There's too many that come to mind, Sam. Oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. But you're you're right. Like I said, this guy throwing strikes was his main problem, and in his four appearances since coming back, he's looked really, really good in that department. So. And he's going to be even more important, as well as some other guys, without Jonathan Lewiska. I know Lewiska has been throwing, but throwing and then throwing off the mound and then game situations is a totally different aspect than, you know, just throwing off flat ground. So I'm not sure if we'll see Lewiska back for any of these nine games or the postseason should the Yankees qualify. But he's one of their go-to righties, if not their, their biggest go-to righty, out of the bullpen, I mean, could we see him in higher leverage situations than Chad Green going forward? I, 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 I think Green we, had we a good should. Out tonight. We should see that, but there, I don't. I don't think there's any chance that Boone would do that. He sticks with his guys. He kind of, as you saw tonight with Chad Green coming in. I mean, I was scared shitless with Green facing Garcia. I thought that was going to be a pure spot for a home run, um, but he, when he got out of it and he, he did okay. Um, but the Yankees still trust Chad Green, and there's just, uh, I mean, like you said, the, the list is growing. Um, did you see the stats today with Green? 
uh, eight home runs in the seventh inning or later that lost the team the the lead. Highest in baseball. No shit. Eight. That's unbelievable. That, eight. That, eight. Eight home runs that Jack Green's given up that has cost the team, cost the lead for the Yankees in a late inning situation. Sam, half of those, if just half of those, the Yankees practically clinched a playoff spot. Absolutely. Like it's that we're not talking the Yankees needing a big five game swing here. There's there's someone uh, Edgar Gomez tweeted at me the list of all the Yankee games. Like walk off uh, versus the O's earn the year versus Darren O'Day. Chapman versus the Twins. Angels put up seven in the ninth. Uh, oh Chad Green God. versus Altuve. The Field of Dreams game. July fourth game one. Chad Green again in Boston. Domingo and Herman having a no hitter in the eighth, losing it. Chad Green versus Lindor, and then the Orioles pass ball. That's ten games that the Yankees gave away. Give give us five. Give us five. Give us, and Sam, the Yankees us, have ninety one yeah. wins. That, that, that's the you know we're we're you know not even considering the uh, the you know the, what the Rays and the Yankees kind of are fighting here at all. But that's a division right there. That's ten games. That's ten games. None of them versus the Rays that they blew. That's just ten games were superior. You know, less superior teams that we've given away. Um, you know, the Yankees have what four losses where they had the lead by four and entering at the end of the eighth inning. It, it's just the, this. That's that's the story of the Yankees as we, you know, hopefully that that's not the story of the Yankees. But if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, that's the story of the 2021 season is just handing away really really bad losses and bad losses happen all the time to every great team. And they've happened to the Rays this year. They've happened to to the Giants and, and, and Dodgers this year. But you don't have ten of them like the Yankees do. You're right about that. And another stat I saw that they lead Major League Baseball in by five was the Yankees have grounded in a 15 double plays with the bases loaded. The next closest. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> is the Red Sox with ten. Fifteen. Forget who the. Fifteen with the bases loaded. And the Red Sox have grounded in the 10. The third team has grounded in to 8. I forget who they were. But just another stat that they lead Major League Baseball by a wide margin in. Uh, and it, it's just killers. The story of this Yankee season, unfortunately, has been double plays and late season, or excuse me, late game bullpen collapses. And it's just been tough to watch at points, but... They have everything in front of them right now. And with a half-game lead for the second wild-card spot, it's there for the taking. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be very difficult because Fenway and the Rogers Center, where the Yankees have not been in two years, is diff- are difficult places to play. I, I um, forgot that we're going back to Toronto. <laughs> oh, man, that, that place is going to be wild. Don't you wish we were still in Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah, could we? Uh, it's getting cold in Buffalo. Can we send these games back down to Tampa? And I wonder if I wonder how many Yankee fans are going to be able to make it up there. I bet a lot come oh. from Buffalo and upstate New York into. No, that's good. That's going to be stacked with Blue Jay fans. The only thing people are going to have there is just people who are permanent ca- Canadian residents. Uh, I think there, and that's a big kind of change because the Yankees do travel well. Uh, so now you're going to these these very hostile environments. Uh, of Boston and Toronto, um, and look, and to be honest, they, these games versus Texas, they they were not packed stadiums, Yankee Stadium. So fans aren't even coming to the Bronx. So I don't think we're going to see you know too much of a, a visiting crowd for the Yankees these, these final six games. The weekends, the Bronx is packed. I mean, they had good crowd. They had really good. Oh, crowds the weekend, yeah, the they did. But I, I understand it's, it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here. But you know, you're it, it's not that expensive to get to get to Yankee Stadium and. 20,000, I think, was one of the game on Tuesday here. Uh, little, that's a little, uh, you know, that, that's not what you expect from September baseball in the Bronx. Um, and it just kind of shows that a lot of these fans are are fed up with the, how this season's gone, despite the fact that um, they are still fighting for a playoff team. I, I think it's, there is, you know, the you look on uh, on Twitter and stuff, you talk about, oh, my God, how great the, the, the Boston has been in some parts of the year, how great, you know, Toronto is playing and stuff, and understand that those their expectations coming into the year were much different than the Yankees, but they have the same records as these guys here. It, they, you look online here and you, you think the Yankees have the same record as the Orioles. Um, so they and look, that's that's what you get when you when you have a hundred win expectations and you're fighting for ninety wins here with the chance of missing the playoffs. 
people are going to be pissed off. Um, but there's still a lot of baseball to be played, and the Yankees, like I said, to open, to open this, have a chance to control their own destiny and make the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be going to be it's going to be something, as you said. This is exactly what what baseball wants uh, to to get the to get their ratings up here too. Um, you mentioned that you mentioned getting the ratings up. If you want to go to the National League side for just a minute, there's a big debate on expanding the playoffs or what to do. I, I mean, the Dodgers or Giants are going to be playing a wild card game against the St. Louis Cardinals with a 14, 15, or 16 game lead on them. But the Cardinals have won 11 straight. Oh, yeah. The, they've been well. on absolute fire. But. That, that's going to cause a big debate if the Cardinals beat one of those teams. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think I was reading, too, on that. Like, the typical average, like, length between, like, a division winner and a, um, the wild card kind of guys have been, you know, four or five games here. You don't really see these types of 13, 14 things. So I think this is kind of a rarity, reverse the norm. I, you know, I don't really do see – this doesn't really happen often. But the National League's fun. It's fun. It's going to be devastating if the Giants win 100 games and then – get that wild card game because honestly if that's the case if giants if it's giants cardinals i'm taking cardinals and it'll be a huge disappointment for a team like the giants that's literally i picked to be one of the worst teams in, in all of baseball um i thought they had a better chance of losing 100 than winning 100 um and for them to have to play in a one game playoff would be would be crushing yeah and i've been a proponent of changing the wild card format i honestly prefer going back to one rather than doing this game, if we're being honest. Because you remember 2017, the Yankees had to play a Minnesota Twins team who they were five games better than and had five to one on the head-to-head. Yep. And and they had to play them. The, the, the season came down to three hours. And thank God Didi Gregorius hit that three-run <laughs> yeah. homer in the first inning. But things would have been really, really bad. So yeah, but that that's never gonna change. Baseball is gonna they, they love this wild card game here. Speaking of the, the ratings and the additional dollars here, um, I'm curious to see what happens in the collective bargain agreement here. I think it could as a better chance of expanding to to maybe you know a, a three game wild card than it does for for ever going away. I think it'll stay at a one game, but it will be uh, it, it will be be something here. Um, and then Sam, we mentioned the kind of the a lot of the of the schedule here. We talked a lot about the Yankees schedule um, and kind of what the, what they're up against here too. And there's nothing you can do about it here, but the the Boston schedule is, is a joke compared to the Yankees schedule. And then even further down, the the Blue Jays have uh, have a you know series with the the O's um, and the Twins here. The Yankees now are going to be relying. Uh, on some teams that you know they, they typically beat up and we, we like to make fun of and poke fun at the O's and the Twins here. But now we need them to play their best ball, which is uh, it'll be interesting to scoreboard watch the, the, the next week, uh, those teams. It's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, the Red Sox have three with the Yanks, three with the O's, three with the Nats, and you move over to the Blue Jays, and before their three-game series with the Yankees, they play the Minnesota Twins – for three, uh, for four games, they have four games. With they the they play tomorrow. The Yankees are they play you know Thursday. Um, the Yankees and then Sox are, are off on Thursday, but the, the Blue Jays get that that final game, make up that final game, so everybody will be even. So look, the Yankees could go into Boston with a one game lead on the wild card spot. That's it, it's a real possibility. Um, you know, obviously the the Blue Jays will be heavily favored in that game on Thursday, but it, they're they're either going to be tied with the Blue Jays or they're going to have that game up. And if they can get into that game uh, with, with a game up on Blue Jays, that, that could be a big, big, big difference. Damn, we get to root on Thursday. We got to root hard for our old boy, Michael Pineda. It's Pineda versus Mats. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of funny that that's the, the matchup here that we're going to be going to be watching. Former Met, Steven Mats versus former Yankee, Michael Pineda uh, in, in Minnesota 740. So the Yankees are off, but it doesn't mean we're going we're to stop watching baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pineda and Mats. Barrios and Ober, Ray and a TBD, and then Manoa and 
Just no, we, we need the Twins to yeah. need oh, them yeah. to win Thursday. <laughs> oh yeah, because the rest of that lineup, that that thing is is lining up very nice for 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 the Blue Jays. The Twins took one in Toronto last weekend. If the Twins could get two out of four, that would be a huge win for the Yankees. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, honestly, I'll take one at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, that Blue Jays lineup is downright scary. So yeah, it, it's going to be very very interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, yeah, Twins. You know, that big, big outfield out there. We'll see how things go. Hopefully that cools down the bats of the Blue Jays. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, Sam, before we get going here, I think we kind of we skipped on someone I wanted to mention, um, and that kind of would be fitting as we close out the episode here, but Aroldis Chapman's looked good, and it hasn't really been talked about as much as, you know, same thing with Gary Sanchez. When uh, when, when Chapman is on is doing bad, it is, it is national news, um, and that's kind of the case you get when you're the closer of the Yankees, given what we've had with Rivera for decades. Um, but it seems like he's really been back uh, back on track. He has not given up a run in his last six starts, um, you know, six you know six appearances. Um, and today versus the versus Texas, that splitter was looking nasty. He's had two strikeouts in every single appearance since September 13th. So it seems like he has figured it out at the right time um, with everything going on with the Yankees to maybe not have to worry as much. Uh, about Chapman is a huge relief for Aaron Boone because he was coming out of games in the ninth inning because he couldn't find the strike zone or he was giving up hits here and there. But it, but it seems like he has he has kind of settled down, um, and he kind of is always that type of guy. He always says that when he's struggling, he's like, "Hey, I just gotta. I know I'm off right now, but like once I figure it out, uh, you'll know." And Chapman, I noticed. I, I know you. You look like you out. Uh, you have it on right now again, and uh, that that would be a big relief. He has 11 strikeouts and one walk in his last six appearances. Very, very good. Very good. The, the, the velocity isn't that 102, 103 miles an hour, but he's locating. He's got more control. That splitter looks really, really good. And the stare down is one of my stares back. Save. I love when he stares it down. We got a stare tonight, and it wasn't even a save. Yeah, I, I just love watching him pitch when he's on. So, yeah, I hope he keeps it going. He's one of the most valuable Yankees out there. And with Chad Green giving up homers galore, and with Lewiska out, the Yankees really need him. And they've gotten him during crunch time. Uh, he struggled earlier in the year, and then he regained his form. And he then goes he started this every year. He goes to this is what the third time he's been pulled from the Yankees from the uh, the closure role for like a week or two, and then came back and was on fire. What was that in 2019? Um, Seventeen too. So yes, it's it's not completely rare, but um, he does find it, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up here because when when it's on, it, it's it's unhittable. But when it's off, it, it, the strike zone is is hard to find, and then he he gets reliant because it's the, it's the fastball is the issue when he when he's not locating the fastball, then he's reliant and starts shaking off the fastball, and then waiting for this splitter um, and his, his other breaking ball here and he leaves that for a meatball sometimes um and he's got burned on it so it's going to be all come down to that fastball for for chapman here but like he said 11 strikeouts his last six appearances it is fun he buried a couple pitches today that were that looked like strikes uh when he's on i have no idea why you bring a bat to uh to the plate you just gotta pray for a walk yeah he's absolutely electric to watch and we're talking about yankees who are going to be make or break over these next nine games He's one, one of the most important Yankees uh, out there. And if the Yankees blow a save with him on the mound or with someone else during this stretch, it's going to be really, really rough. So Chapman's also one of those guys like Cole who have struggled in Fenway. So yeah, yeah. need a game Chapman in Fenway. Need the Chapman we saw tonight uh, in the last several games. Yeah, for four, for sure. All right, we already talked to that. It was Cole Evaldi, Cortez, Pavetta, Montgomery, Rodriguez, and then off to Toronto we go for the first time in two years. Kluber, Mats, Cole, Barreos. That's another big matchup for Cole. Um, and then Cortez, Ray. Um, it, it's that's, it's a hefty, you know, lineup that the Yankees are facing from a, an opposition rotation standpoint of it here. Sam, I know we need the sweep here, but let, let's play realistic for a second here. What, what are the Yankees doing these uh the, these final six games, no, I'm sorry, these, these six games before they uh, they return back home for Tampa. Oh, 
<laughs> Steve. Steve. Actually, I'd say I want to talk a little bit about Tampa too because I'm actually traveling a lot next week too. Just in case we don't record, I want to get something here. Uh, so give give me a, just a kind of breakdown of the, these next nine games and these matchups that we have here. What do the Yankees need to make the playoffs? What do you think they're actually going to get? And, you know, are we re- recording a, a funeral episode for the Yankees season? Or are we getting ready for a wild card episode? They need six and three. I'm going to lean seven and two. I think they need seven and two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah. yeah th- we'll settle on seven and two. But, but it's going to be important. I, 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 is it actually, that's the next question. Is it important where these losses come from? These, let's say, they, let's say, let's say it's six and three. Is it one loss to each of these teams, or uh, you know, where's their bugaboo? Where's that hiccup? You know, winning all three of these series, I don't know. I don't know if the Yankees can do it. I don't. I, and it's seven wins is a lot, but I think you need. They need it. You need seven wins. They do. Uh, realistically, I think they go four and five. Oh fuck you, Sam. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They they didn't impress me against the Rangers. They did not impress me. I mean, look, uh, let's be honest, Sam. They haven't impressed us in, since in the almost streak. a month. Since in almost a month. Yeah, yeah. You so know, even the sweep versus Rangers wasn't great, and you 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 took two of three from Baltimore, but that that really needed to be a sweep. Um, you know, you should have took. You lost a series to the Mets, and obviously got swept by Toronto. Um, then you so. lost two or three to Baltimore before that. So I okay. think they go four and five. Four and five. So I guess them at ninety. 90 and 72, 72. Uh, 90 win team misses the 90th time that they missed the playoffs with that, obviously. I know. I, I, I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this guy. But there's nothing in the last month that, that has made me think that uh, they're going to win, that, that, that they're primed for this. I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope to God I'm proven wrong. Yeah. That, uh, that takes the wind out of my sails, but it, it, it's you, it's it's hard to argue against that. I'm obviously going to say that it's not going to happen, and the Yankees will make the playoffs. But I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit here. I think it comes down to Game 162, and I think the Yankees end up in a tie with the Blue Jays, and we have to have a Game 163. I think I, I wow. don't I don't think 162 is enough to separate these three teams. And you want mass chaos, you're going to get mass chaos then. Um, you know, it's the Yankees go, the Yankees go six and three, um, and the Blue Jays go seven and three. You got yourself a tie. I think that's, I think that's, it's plausible. Oh my gosh. What, I don't get, know if I'm going to be able to handle that. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if the world is going to be able to handle that. I don't even know how it works. Um, uh, I think it goes by head to head here where, the, where that game is played. So these three games versus, Boston, versus Toronto are coming into a factor here. But I think the Yankees take two or three from Toronto. Um, and then they, they lose. I think they lose. What is, I think they take two or three. From, they got to take two or three from everybody. And that will put them at six and three with 92 wins. And I think you, I think you need more. I think we're going 163. Wow, well, let's do it. I'll sign. I'll sign up for that over my four and five prediction. And uh, Sam, thought, if, if that's the case, I don't think Cole's going to be available for that game one sixty three. You might be looking at a, a combination of Nestor Cortez and Luis Severino in that one sixty three. I don't. Oh my gosh, jeez. So we'll we'll put it down here. So I think you know from the the final prediction here is Sam. You have the Yankees missing the playoffs and not being a wild card team. And essentially, I have the Yankees not getting enough wins to get a wild card. That's uh, quite different from our, our off-season predictions. Quite different, quite different. But I'm giving them a little hope. I'm giving them hope. I'm giving them an extra game to get there. So we'll have to we'll have to see how it unfolds here. But we got just think about that scenario too. If they have to play 163 plus the wild card game, and if they somehow win both of those games. Uh, they're going to be calling me to the playoff roster. Well, I, because... Sam, I'm trying. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm kind of stuttering here of playing it out. If Garrett Cole's got to pitch game 162, and maybe Kluber pitches game one. Oh, I forget. Who, uh, Kluber then pitches game 161. So then you have both of them are out for the 163 fake playoff game. So then you go in Montgomery in the in the in game 163. Let's say they win that. Then you're going Cortez in the actual wild card game. 
If you win that, you're facing the Blue Jays with a fully rested Garrett Cole. So if you want a positive spin there, if you do if you do the scenario that I'm laying out here, it could be a fully rested Garrett Cole in game one of the ALDS. Yeah, I, I hope that happens. <laughs> I really wonder where we're going. As we're approaching that. midnight here on recording here, you can tell that we are grasping at straws for what could possibly what? happen. These these next nine games are going to be fun. That's one thing I keep it I, I'm keep it. Know. Yes, like none of these. I don't know, but it, it's harder to watch these games where the Yankees look lifeless, and it happens a lot. And it was happening today. We and you were texting, going back and forth, and we're like, "This team is lifeless. There's no chance they make these this win versus Texas." And then I give credit to Booney. Pulled Voigt out of the lineup. He pulled Higashioka out of there. He put Tyler Wade in, who stole two bases right away. And I think should have provided the Yankees a winning run, but freaking DJ Mayo can make contact with the ball. Uh, so he pulled the right moves. I think Cole, uh, Boone saw the team was kind of lifeless here. So I hope he's quick on these triggers too. You know, use Tyler Wade if you need to. Uh, if there's a sixth, if it's a sixth, sixth inning or later, and you got a guy that possibly could be on first base with less than two outs, put Tyler Wade on the base pads and let him create some electricity. I think it pumped up the team a lot, even though it didn't result in a run that inning. I think him on the base pads kind of got that bench going because that dugout looked dead. And, and if you have a dead dugout these final nine games, this team better be fucking ready to be on that dugout in playoff atmosphere. Uh, they turned it on, like we said tonight, but uh, they need that from the first pitch every single game. I love, to, if, I love what you said. If they don't take advantage of a leadoff walk, then walk to the golf course. <laughs> it's a fact. Leadoff walks burn you. And how many times does that burn the fucking Yankees? And it, so many times... For the Yankees, it's been a leadoff walk followed by a double play. The Yankees took advantage of this tonight, and they won the game. As soon as that happened, I was like, all right, I'm back in. They, they can win this game for sh- easily. And they did. And you got to take advantage of that. It, it's you got some good pitchers coming up here. Look, Robbie Ray, Barreos, Evaldi, there's a chance all three of those could finish top five in Cy Young. Um, so these bats really need to come up and, and do their job. Nine games left. Let's go, Yanks. <laughs> Let's go, Yanks. Let's do it. Playoffs. Playoffs, playoffs. Hope to see you guys soon. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later.